Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. My name is Katie Dalebout. I am your host, and today I have a bit of a longer introduction for you, and I usually try to not ramble a lot at the beginning and try, I said. I know people tell me I ramble all the time, but I try to actually rush through the intro and keep it super short and get to the meat of the episode, which is the interview and why you're all probably here. But today, I'm not doing that. Today, I'm not going to rush. So just be okay with the fact that it's just going to be you and me here chatting for a little while. And why, you ask? Well, a couple reasons. First of all, some of the shows that I love listening to, the podcasts that I really subscribe to and listen every single week, like Girl Boss Radio and the Love Alexi podcast and Caroline Duner's The Fuck It Diet podcast, they all have something in common, which is that the host of the show talks to the audience candidly for a little while before they get into the interview, just updating them about their lives, maybe sharing some funny anecdotes, catching up. And I love that. I love them warming up the mics that way. And I love all of the fluff, I guess. It's not even fluff to me, but the stuff before the interview, basically. I really love that. And before we get to the meat, you know, everyone knows the bread's the best part of the sandwich, right? Anyway, I just want to talk to you guys and I have some really important, somewhat serious things to chat with you about today before we get into the interview with Jordan Younger, who is on the podcast today. She's the balanced blonde. She's so amazing. She wrote a book called Breaking Vegan and she's a friend of mine. So we're going to get into that interview eventually, I promise. But at first, it's just you and I having a chat. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I used to not even record intros. I would just go right to the interview. But I love this time. I I feel like I'm actually talking to you guys when I am just chatting alone with the microphone without a guest here. So that's, that's what I'm doing today because I have some really big things to share. So let's start with the first reason that I am chatting with you for a little bit longer today. And that is because I actually need to apologize to you guys. I feel like I let a lot of you down, and I want to talk about that. So, serious talk. I don't, I don't do that much, but here we go. I've been recording this podcast for over three years now, and we've already surpassed the three-year anniversary a while ago of the show. And in that time, it's evolved and changed so much and I've learned so much and grown so much as a person from the wisdom of my guests and from the wisdom of you guys for listening and being able to connect with you guys in the Facebook group and meeting you at my live events and 
just being able to connect online, I've learned so much about myself and I've just grown up a lot in the last three years. I think in our 20s, we're changing very, very rapidly and that's definitely been the case for me. And the format of the show has grown right along with me. I think the conversations have gotten deeper and longer and more raw and more real and less surface and less about food and diet and body and more about making your life as a whole really great, not just about making your physical body really great and wonderful. And those were the types of questions I was asking when I first started out because I was in a very different place when I was starting out. And if you go listen to the archives, you can hear that. I kind of cringe at those sometimes, but I think it's great to see that transition and transition right along with me. And many of you have. Many of you have been listening since the beginning, which is the great thing about podcasting. It allows me to grow up on the internet and it allows me to evolve and and change and, and move into a different direction. However, I record these episodes pretty far in advance sometimes and when things get busy, For me, as well as the guest schedule, I record them as I can and then I air them when I have room to air one. And there are great, insightful moments in every single interview. And I love the people that I have on the podcast so much. And there was an episode that aired two weeks ago that had really beautiful, insightful moments. And there were also some moments and some things where the opinions of the guest, especially around diet and dieting, didn't match my own. And I'm not going to get into it here. And if you listen to that episode, you might know what I'm talking about. But I realized that there were some things said in there that might potentially be triggering for people and were even triggering for me. And I kept that in the show. When I really feel now very strongly that I should have edited that out or not aired that episode at all if I wasn't going to edit it out. And it is edited out now. But I wanted to bring it up today for a couple reasons. And first of all, because you guys trust me. Whether you realize that or not, you're trusting me right now just by having me in your headphones. Every week, you guys trust me with your time. You give me an hour or two of your day and maybe that's not uninterrupted. Maybe you're also chopping vegetables or making soup or driving, but you trust me to make that experience of multitasking better. You trust me to make your commute a little brighter or your walk a little bit more pleasant and I worry, I've been thinking about this a lot, that I may have betrayed that trust a little bit with that episode and I may have let some of you down. And I, to other people, it might not even be a big deal, but I really take this job seriously as being a curator for this podcast. It's my job to bring you the things and people that are positive, authentic messages that really promote how I want to live my life, which is from an intuitive eating perspective, which is from an anti-dieting perspective, which is from a health at every size perspective, which is from an inspired perspective. And that's not to say that every single guest's opinions need to reflect my own. I don't think that's the case at all. I could bring on people who are all super 100% body positive, and most of them are, but 
that's not what I'm saying here. That would be boring if everyone had the exact same belief system that I do. And if that was what I was looking for, I would just have a solo show because I would never need to have guests who have different opinions. That's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying and what I am taking responsibility for is that I won't necessarily agree with everything that my guests are saying. But if there is something that I do disagree with, I need to make it very clear to you guys that I do disagree with that. And I need to be courageous enough to share my opinion and my disagreement with them either on the air or after to you. And I didn't do that in this particular episode. And so people might assume that the way that they choose to live their life is the way that I am choosing to live mine if I don't tell you otherwise. And most of the time I do agree with a lot of the things that my guests say, but there are some times when I don't. And I just really want to acknowledge that and say that and say that I, I kind of made a mistake in, in putting something out there that I didn't 100% agree with and I didn't say that I didn't agree with it. And that's something that I just wanted to take responsibility for because I think it's really important to say when you do something wrong and take responsibility for it, which I'm doing right now. And in all honesty, this really unfortunately fell through the cracks. I never edit the episodes. I like them to be really raw and authentic and real. And I like the ums and likes because it's how we speak. It's how we just have a conversation with two people. And I only edit if there's something like this that I just don't feel comfortable having in there for maybe it being triggering to someone and I didn't take it out. I just missed it and it was because I have so much on my plate with my book launch and my book tour and some projects that I'm working on that I'm really excited about and I'll tell you guys about that later. But it's really not fair for me to continue to put out content until I have a bit more bandwidth for the podcast. So the podcast is going to go on a mini hiatus just for a couple weeks, don't freak out, where I can completely refocus it and I can come back bigger and better and more focused for my new vision than ever. And right now, it's going through some growing pains like this issue. And it's not just this issue. I want to really up-level things. And I've been working under the name Wellness Wonderland for five years now. And I'm really wanting to move in a different direction that reflects more where I am now. So don't freak out. I want to tell you exactly what this means for you guys. And honestly, it doesn't mean that much. I'm still going to be curating content and bringing you great interviews with people I love and there will be some very big noticeable updates. And here's the big one, so brace yourselves. For one, I'm going to be changing the name of the podcast from Wellness Wonderland Radio, which it's been for three plus years. Just so hard for me to even say. I like, feel like I want to tear up right now. But I'm going to release that. And I'm going to move the title of the show to Let It Out Radio with Katie Dalebow. Or The Let It Out Show. Let it out with Katie Dalebout. Yeah, one of those. Tweet at me. Tell me which one you think. I'm finalizing that now. Why? Why am I changing it to let it out with Katie Dalebout? Because it fits more with the vision that I want the show to be. It's becoming a space for both myself and the guests to just be able to let it out 
it being whatever it is that day, right? From the stories to their insecurities, to their feelings and emotions, to my feelings and emotions, whatever they are that day. And obviously it matches the title of my book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, which is available in stores now. Check it out. But that's not the the full reason of why I want to change the name. It really goes much deeper than matching my book title. It has nothing to do with that. It just happens to be my book title. It honestly is because I want this show to be a time where people can let it out. And I'm really excited about it and I feel really good about it. And as far as content goes, I'm not going to be moving away from wellness entirely at all. Like I'm just really not. And you know, you can take the girl out of Wellness Wonderland, but you can't take the wellness out of the girl. I'm always going to be into healthy stuff. I'm always going to be into healthy eating. I'm always going to like healthy, fresh foods. I'm always going to like yoga. I'm always going to like spirituality and meditation and natural skincare. And all of those things are going to come up in this podcast because I'm into them and I'm probably always going to be. So that's just what's happening with that. And I'm also still going to be asking my final question, which is what does living in a wellness wonderland mean to the guest? I'm going to keep adding that because I love that question and I think it's really valuable and I want to know their answer, so I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm also going to probably be adding some more signature questions. I'm still going to ask about morning routines and evening routines, but I'm probably going to ask some different signature questions as well. I'm going to add more stuff in. If anything, the show's just getting better, you guys, so like, don't freak out. And I just want to keep the quick fire round a bit fresh. You know, I want to add some new things in that really are more thought-provoking. And I just really want this whole thing to be fresh. So the other really cool thing that's going to be noticeably different when I relaunch for season four or season five, I need to check that, whichever it is, is that I'm going to be launching with a fresh new album art. So the photo you see and a fresh new theme song. I'm so excited about that. I'm collaborating with collaborating with someone very, very special to write the song. We wrote it together, and it's so cool, and she's so amazing. I'm not even going to tell you who it is yet. It's just so good. I She sent me a voice memo of it yesterday on my phone, and I freaked out because it's so good, and I cannot wait for you to hear it, but you have to wait until the new season of the podcast launches. So excited to share. And... I mean, I guess I'm just going to keep announcing stuff at this point because I've been announcing things in this intro and it's already long, so I'm just going to keep going. So I'm also going to be launching a new mini-series. So we've got Katie Wonders, which I'm still going to be doing my monthly favorites and maybe doing some longer Q&A episodes like I did for my birthday. Did you guys like that? Let me know. A bunch of you told me you did. A bunch of you asked me to keep doing that, so I'm considering it. If you guys liked it, let me know. Join the Facebook group where you can submit your questions and I'll think about doing more of those. And I'm also going to be launching this mini-series of the podcast in addition to Katie Wonders where I'm highlighting local people here in Detroit doing cool things to give you a taste of where I live, who else lives here with me. It's going to be really cool. So if that wasn't enough new change to throw at you, I'm going to throw one more thing at you. And that is that I have coming soon a huge additional project that I haven't announced anywhere yet and I still actually can't announce because it's just in its infancy but all I will say is that it is so exciting and I've been more excited for this project I'm going to launch than anything I've ever done in my life and 
I just cannot wait for you to have it. It's the thing that I'm most excited about and it's so creative and compelling to me and a totally different direction than anything I've ever done. And I will say this about it. I went to a psychic for the first time in my life on my birthday last month and she told me that I was starting something new and it was this project and she was like, whatever this project is, it's really going to take off and it's going to be awesome. And she told me all this really positive stuff about it. And I don't know if I believe in that stuff at all, but I do know. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm totally into woo-woo stuff, actually. However, I'm choosing to believe this psychic because I want to. And I think it's positive for me to believe her. And it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. Plus news on when the hiatus is over and season five of the podcast will launch. And the best way to do that is to make sure you're on my email list. If you think you're on my email list, but you're not sure you're on my email list, sign up again. It won't add you twice. Sign up for my email list because you also get my Katie's favorite things, which I say in my Oprah voice, which is my favorite everything, my favorite podcast my favorite videos my favorite people my favorite foods my favorite everything it's so great I update it all the time and I really love it so make sure you're on that because you'll get the updates for everything I'm doing and also join my Facebook group for listeners as well as sign up to buy the book not sign up you just buy the book I don't know what I'm saying you just buy the book on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble or your bookstore Wherever you want to buy it is totally cool. Leave a review on Amazon and then also on iTunes because we're doing this contest that Amanda put together that is so cool. And if you leave a review on both the book on Amazon and on iTunes, you can get a wonder package, which includes all of my favorite things. So it's the tank top that says wonder from Good Medicine, plus my fragrance I collaborated on with them, plus my book signed plus a journal plus some other goodies like my favorite teas there's it's just going to be a rad package so leave a review to be nice and also to enter that contest and then also I want to mention that my very good friend Christy Harrison who's been on my podcast twice I've been on her podcast twice she has this course out about intuitive eating that is seriously awesome you guys it's so awesome And if any of you want to know more about intuitive eating and stopping the dieting craziness and really just be cool with yourself, cool with your body, cool with food, check out Christy's course. It is fantastic. The link is in the show notes. Check that out there. Last but not least, my publisher, Hay House, is doing their World Summit. It's this annual World World Summit, which every year I listen to, and I go over the data on my phone because I'm constantly listening to it on the go. It won't cost you data if you download the episodes on iTunes. I'm just not very smart, so I forget to do that and then do it while I'm out in public walking, when I, which is my favorite way to listen to them. So if you like listening to podcasts like this, you're going to love the Hay House World Summit because it's 100 authors and inspiring people talking about really inspiring stuff. So sign up for that. It costs nothing. The link is in the show notes. And enjoy this week's episode. Onward. We all make mistakes. We all want to up-level our work. We all want to take things to the next level. We all want to make sure everyone is safe and feeling really awesome. And I really want this to be a safe space where you won't have to worry about being triggered. You won't have to worry about negative body talk, negative dieting talk. Because out there in the world, there's so much of that. In every fashion magazine, it's telling you to change your body. In every TV show, there are 
commercials telling you that you need to be dieting or doing Weight Watchers, doing something to manipulate your size and shape. And I just want you to know that here on this podcast, there's none of that. And if I betrayed that trust with some diet talk in the past, know that I was in a different place. And maybe our guests that I have on are in a different place. But from now on, if there's something that I don't agree with, I'm going to let you know. And I'm really going to move this ship. I'm going to steer the ship of this podcast into a direction that's really uplifting and positive. And it's not like, come on, let's like, let me be a little bit not hard on myself here. Like, it's not like there's been a lot of dieting talk recently or anything like that. But just in case there was even a glimmer of it, I just want to tell you that this is my house and I don't allow that in this house and if it comes in here I'm going to tell you that it's not cool from now on and there's just going to be some really great guests coming on to talk about wellness and health and love and relationships and spirituality and culture and comedy and there's so many cool guests I have coming up so many people that you guys know and love I know and love people that I don't really know but I got to know and just get excited for the new season get excited for this interview with Jordan right now I love you guys and I will talk to you super soon there will be some Katie Wonders episodes in the interim so make sure you're subscribed on your telephone device where you listen because that will make sure the newest episodes get downloaded to your phone And I love you guys so much that it's hard for me to even go on a hiatus, but I am, and I will talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so psyched for today's interview. I have Jordan Younger, the Balanced Blonde, here in the Wellness Wonderland, finally. And we were just chatting a bit before the call that this episode this interview has been in the works for a while and you guys have been requesting that I interview her and people have been asking her why she hasn't been on my show yet because like many of you know from knowing my story and knowing hers there's so many parallels between the two of us so I'm so happy that you're here Jordan thank you so much for coming yes thank you so much for having me it's so exciting to chat with you today yay cool Well, you wrote a book recently that is so amazing and you've done so many cool things in your life right now and we were just chatting about a cool photo shoot you were at before the call and before we get into what your life is like now, I would love if we could zoom the lens back a bit and if you could chat a little bit about your background and how you got to this balanced place that you are in now because I know that that's not always where you were. Yeah, um, that's very right. I was kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum. So um, just to give you a little bit of background about where I was um, a year and a half ago, or actually two years ago, two years ago at this time, I was living in New York and I was a plant-based vegan and I had a blog called The Blonde Vegan and I was also in grad school doing... um, master's program in creative writing. So I was kind of writing all the time between my blog and um, my writing program where I was working on fiction and then simultaneously was cooking all the time for my recipe blog and also for myself because as a plant-based vegan, I ate almost all my meals at home. So if I wasn't writing, I was either cooking or grocery shopping or 
writing out my recipes, photographing them, um, doing that whole thing. So I was really consumed by all of that. Um, and I mean, for quite a long time, I felt really happy and really healthy doing that. I started being a plant-based vegan because I had had lifelong stomach problems that have been undiagnosable. So that's been frustrating and I found the plant-based lifestyle to really help with a lot of those problems that I was having. Um, and it really, really did help me at first. So that's kind of how I got really, really passionate about the lifestyle and involved and ended up creating my blog and then connecting with so many awesome people in the wellness blogging space at that time. Um, and then it kind of took a turn um, about a year and a half into being vegan. So that kind of brings me to the point where I'm talking about, which was two years ago, um, when I just felt so consumed and also started feeling really out of balance again and just not necessarily very healthy. So um, I was kind of really low energy. I felt really out of balance, didn't feel satiated from what I was eating and kind of knew that there was there was some obsession starting to happen um, as far as being home, preparing my food and really freaking out if I didn't have the opportunity to do that and um, almost started feeling kind of like I was isolating myself from certain situations so that I would stay home to prepare my food and um, it just really started being like the cornerstone of my life was this very restrictive diet and I wasn't feeling very well. so. What I did in order to try to feel better was a lot of juice cleanses. So the reason when I first became vegan was because of a five-day plant-based cleanse that I did that involved a lot of vegetable juices and smoothies. So every time I started to feel kind of sick again or out of balance from those stomach problems that I've always had, I would revert back to cleansing again because I felt like that was going to be my chance to be as pure and clean and healthy as possible and to feel good again and to detoxify myself and kind of get rid of all these problems that, that I felt like I still had. So I would juice cleanse and there were times during during that winter in New York where I would juice cleanse for 30 days straight. So no solid food. Oh my goodness. Um, you must have just been freezing. Oh, I was freezing. My lips were blue all the time. I was just, no matter what I wore, I was absolutely freezing. Inside, outside, I was a mess. I mean, I couldn't feel my fingers or my toes that whole entire season. It was crazy, and I just thought that it was because it was cold outside, but it was really just the way that my body was reacting, and I didn't have enough nutrients to be to be living in any sort of winter climate. So... Um, I mean, slowly but surely, I started realizing that these juice cleanses were not really the answer to my problems and that the problems that I was really having were more based around being very terrified of leaving this lifestyle because it had become such a way of life for me and I really identified with being a part of that community and being within that dietary label of veganism because that was my job was to be the blonde vegan and um at that same time, I decided to leave my grad school program to pursue the blog full time because it was just completely my passion. That's what I was working on all the time. I couldn't even find find it within me to work on my schoolwork, which was like something that I loved, writing fiction, but all I cared about was my blog. And I saw these huge opportunities coming up that I knew that I needed to create time for by not being in school. So I decided to do that full time and 
was especially terrified to no longer be vegan because I was very worried that potentially I would lose my entire audience and um, this community of people that I had built that actually that readership and that following gave me an actual job so to have the fear of losing those people was was really scary and very anxiety inducing as far as thinking about walking away from the label which is really why I tried so many things under the sun within veganism before I really came around to the idea of incorporating more foods into my diet so after all the juice cleansing um my body had pretty much been through the ringer and I had lost my period, which was kind of a wake up call to me as someone who has always really prioritized health. I knew that this was not right. And that was kind of my body crying out to me saying, you're not getting enough nutrients and this is a problem and this isn't just going to go away with another juice cleanse or without really making any legitimate changes or, or at least being open to making changes. So um, so I started doing a little bit of research online to see what what exactly I was going through and what that might have meant. And I stumbled upon the word orthorexia. And um, orthorexia was defined in the article that I saw as an eating disorder that was classified as an obsession with pure, clean, healthy foods from the earth and a fear and avoidance of anything that didn't fall under that category. So immediately I knew that this was completely me this like absolutely defined me um which was terrifying because I had never thought of what I was going through as an eating disorder at all I I thought that I was being very healthy in what I had was choosing to do so um so I kind of thought okay I have orthorexia I still didn't understand that that was as serious as I thought it was I just kind of thought okay well this is me but I'm still a healthy person I mean I was pretty much in denial to a certain extent um but as I started to reach out to get help um with an eating disorder therapist and a nutritionist I pretty much realized very quickly that it was not a mild case of orthorexia it was a pretty severe one because um food and the avoidance of many foods took up like a hundred percent of my headspace. So, I mean, they say that your eating disorder is severe if it takes up more than 70% of your thought process. So I, I realized, oh my God, if 70% is severe, then I'm off the charts because yes, I was thinking about other things and I was running a business and I had started a clothing line and I was in school and I was still very present in my friends' lives and my family's lives. I, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what was on my mind all the time, even when I was doing other things. So that became very apparent to me and scared me because I didn't want that for myself. I mean, I wouldn't want that for anyone and I didn't want that to be what was shaping my life anymore and taking me away from being fully present in other things that matter to me. So that's when I kind of realized that dropping the label that I had put on myself and my diet was really necessary in order for me to move forward and have a chance at real recovery instead of just dancing around the fact that I had developed this very severe eating disorder. So um, so that's what I did. I dropped the label, which was my biggest fear because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. 
and I just came forward about it on my blog really publicly pretty soon after I dropped the label because I wanted to be honest with people and I really didn't feel right about not being authentic to who I was because my blog started as pretty much an online diary so it was nearly impossible for me to not talk about something that was really important that was really shaping what I was going through at that time so I wrote about it I wrote about the orthorexia I wrote about transitioning away from veganism and kind of was very open about the fact that I didn't know what that was going to mean yet or what I was going to eat what I wasn't going to eat if I was going to have a different label on my diet or if I wasn't going to have any labels I just was very open about it and um and I had been warned that morning by a friend of mine who has a blog. Um, she has millions and millions of readers. And she said, just so you know, your website's going to crash this morning because this is going to be big news. And I was like, yeah, right. You have millions of readers. Like maybe your website would crash, but my, my website's not going to crash. I'm fine. Um, I mean, I just couldn't imagine that people would be that interested that something like that would happen. And, um, Has and she, she also had a said similar experience with sharing. Something no, vulnerable? um, no, but she's vegan and she had seen it happen to other people. Um, so she, that she also said that I would get death threats. And again, I was like, that's insane. No one would, would be that passionate about my lifestyle. I promise. Um, and she was completely right. My website crashed within three minutes of that post going live, which was, awful because then I had posted on all my social media accounts go to my blog to see why I'm transitioning away from veganism anymore and for over an hour no one could see anything oh my because goodness. my site was down so then I'm getting like hate comments and hate mail by the tens of thousands because people couldn't even read my reason um oh and even when they did read the reason it was it was just bad news as far as the response from the vegan community so I mean, people were really upset, immediately started making hate videos about me, um, hate websites were popping up about me, and this was all within, like, a couple hours of me releasing this news. So, if you can imagine, I mean, now yeah. it's been almost two years, and that still happens every single day, um, which is fine. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me in the slightest anymore. It was definitely hard at first because I just couldn't believe that this type of reaction was coming from a community that I once felt like I was such a big yeah. part of. Um, people who I thought that I was friends with were just completely like turning their backs on me and telling me that they thought I was a good person and they were wrong. And these things were just like shocking to me. But um, on the flip side, there was so much positivity too and as extreme as the negativity was the positivity was similarly extreme to the point where I had no idea how many people could relate or could be so grateful for someone to share such an intimate personal story at, at such a time sensitive time because it really was it was in the middle of it it was actually in the beginning of it so I wasn't talking about something that happened to me years ago it was like this is what's happening right now so um people were very very grateful and I've connected with so many wonderful people like you and Maddie and so many other people who have either been in the same position or who have known someone loved someone in the same position and are just so grateful for 
other people who are speaking out about it because it's serious and it happens and it's it's really not something that's talked about that much yeah. I mean especially outside of our little small community of people who do talk about it um so it's been quite a journey yeah. <laughs> that's been that's the journey in a nutshell yes well first of all you're very articulate and thank you so much I know you have to tell that story quite a lot and I really appreciate you telling it again for me in the wellness wonderland because there's so many people listening who have are in very similar situations right now and like you were saying it's really crucial that you are vulnerable and you do share your story and I really encourage people to do that because it's been so healing for me my book is actually about journaling about writing because that process of just simply sharing these sorts of things and I know you know part of your book is memoir and it's so healing and just like you were saying it's cathartic as you were doing it on your blog and in your book to share this and it allows you to find that community and it allows anything that wasn't that community to to fall away and whenever I hear you telling the part about the death threats and the crazy crazy stuff that people have said to you and done to you and like some of the comments I I I don't this is the first time that we've we've been friends and in an internet sort of way before this but this is really the first time that we've talked and I didn't know you personally but I felt like I did because you know as so many of our audience has reminded us over and over again our stories are almost identical and yes. and also the really creepy thing is that they were happening the exact same time the exact same really period of time yeah and we, oh my God. we really started talking about it at similar times um and so it's it's so interesting so when I see those comments it really I feel it so much I almost like teared up when you were talking about it just now for some reason like I hadn't heard it before even though I knew your right. story but I was just like knowing you I I feel such a connection there and I I just think that and, and you've said this before and I think you said it on our friend Maddie's podcast but or maybe Maddie said it but it was people choosing this diet this label this identity over a person and a person's feelings and that I think really says it all and that really speaks about you know our humanity and how we're so quick to judge we're so quick to jump to conclusions about people and we're so quick click to want so quick to want to put ourselves into clicks I was going to say or communities and I think it really speaks to us wanting connection you know I think in society right now with the internet and with how connected we are to technology we're missing that tribalness that we need as humans and so you know people would seek that in religion or what they would seek that in other things in the past and I think now with this rise of the health movement and these different putting different labels on your diet is kind of the new way to do it. It's the new class system. It's the new religion, and it's really isolating to people. And people cling to that identity. And then when someone shakes that up and is doing what is right but isn't necessarily popular in their group, it really just 
clearly flips people out. So I just want to honor you for how brave you are and how brave you've been sharing your story. And I just know it helps so many people. And that's something I want to talk about too with this rise of the health movement, which you know, both of us are very much a part of. I mean, my my blog is called The Freaking Wellness Wonderland, you know, and obviously we both are still really passionate about that sort of thing and into healthy living and eating. But do you think that there's dangers in this rise of the health movement? And I think it I think it's really important that we're having conversations like this to show that there's another side because I almost feel, and I want to get your opinion on this, that orthorexia will rise as this health movement grows at the same time because of the rise of the internet making people have access to it. And then at the same time, having conversations like this can help heal eating disorders. But I would just love if you could talk on that. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um, wait, say one more. Say your – Do you think you that – Do you think that the rise of the health movement is really – can kind of set people up to be in a similar situation that you and I were in because there's so much access to this and everyone's talking about it from like Michelle Obama to celebrities are like getting into veganism and it seems like so trendy and cool and not just veganism but like health and wellness in general that there it becomes a danger because people are constantly sharing their acai bowls and like it becomes this really trendy thing and then people can think that that's how they have to be all the time and they're wrong if they're doing something else. Do you think that that is kind of where we're heading? Like more people, I just feel like more people are kind of getting into where we were. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that is a huge reason as as to why orthorexia has become so much more just something that people develop these days rather than 10 and 20 years ago when none of this, I mean, none of this stuff was really talked about. So it's hard because it really is a catch 22 between the importance of wellness, legitimate wellness and a balanced sense and people listening to their bodies and being educated on factory farming and hormones and genetically modified foods and things that we do want people to know about and, and we're still allowed to be passionate about versus the other side of it, which is the, the trendiness of the fruits and vegetables on Instagram and the really colorful plates of salad and all those things. I mean, that's what I posted for a year and a half. And of course, people definitely um, found it to be inspiring, oh, so healthy. Um, but I mean, a lot of times, things that you see online and on social media, you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. So I think it's just like anything else in the media. People need to really think about it in a well-rounded kind of way versus just just seeing it and thinking, okay, well, if someone's eating this way and they look healthy, then I'm going to eat this way and I'm going to look exactly like them or be exactly like them. And it is made out to be very glamorous, but I mean, just like just like everything else on social media and in magazines, you, you really just have to think of someone's well-rounded life. And an authentic life has so much more to do with, with everything else. Yes, food, fitness are huge, but also your work life, your relationships, your relationship with yourself, what are your hobbies. I mean, that's what truly actually is a glamorous life to me is somebody yeah. who's really happy with what they're doing. So 
No, I think it's a huge problem and it bothers me so much that there are so many people out there talking about their lifestyle as if it is the healthiest way to live and that everybody should be living that way and, um, you know, putting all their photos out there. Maybe they have a six pack and they're holding a banana smoothie and they're saying in their caption that this banana smoothie is what they have every day and if everybody did that every day, they would have a six pack. And it's ridiculous. And even though me saying it now, it sounds ridiculous, that's the kind of stuff that we really soak in whether we want to or not. And there's a lot of young girls on social media, young girls and guys. And I mean, I have a 12-year-old niece and to her age group, people on social media and on YouTube, those are the celebrities to them. That's who they're looking up to. That's that's where they get their information from. And so if people are putting out false information or biased information about wellness just because they think it's going to make their lifestyle look glamorous or, or something that other people want, it drives me crazy because there are going to be people who listen and um, some people like us, especially people who might tend to be perfectionists or take things really far, they – they do have a really high susceptibility to develop something like orthorexia from there. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that's a huge part of it, and that's why I've really made it a really big cornerstone of my brand to talk about my authentic lifestyle as well. Yes, we, I do a lot of fun things, and having a blog does mean having a really fun, awesome life because I am doing what I love. But, I mean, I post photos of me all the time just – in my pajamas with no makeup on with my cat in my apartment because that is real life Mm -hmm. and I think it's just so important for people to see that I mean it's not all the fun stuff all the time in anybody's life so I think if everybody just put a focus on showing their authentic selves their authentic lives and talking not only about their great days but also I mean just the real days that have all sorts of ups and downs I think that that would go a really long way in preventing people from just idolizing other people's lifestyles especially yes when it comes to health too yeah no I preach I completely agree and it's it's about you know what you said there that I want to pick up and it's about making your life as a whole really beautiful not just your body not just the way that your food looks or your smoothies are and showing that we're all human and we all have these really interesting beautiful lives that are full of peaks and valleys and that's all part of it and it's all beautiful but you know on social media you only see the highlight reel and people just get so confused by that so I think that it's so great and wonderful that people will look up to you because you have this amazing life and you also are talking about orthorexia and you're making it cool I know that that not cool to have orthorexia but cool to be recovered and I think that I think that that's so important and that's what I'm trying to do with my work and us having conversations like this are you know I think the trendy thing is the you know all the health stuff out there but I think that you and me and Maddie and Kelsey Miller and so many people in this small much smaller than the other communities that we used to be in of people you know basically dieting I think getting into making this community really cool and this community the new 
interesting thing and the new thing that people have role models to look up to. Girls like your niece have role models to look up to that have come out the other side of this because I think like we were saying, as it becomes more mainstream in the wellness movement, there's going to be more people who need the conversations that we're having right now. So I'm so glad we're yeah, shedding light on it. So I want to take a step back a little bit though and pick up on one thing that I think is so brave about your story, which is different from mine, where you really had the self-awareness to know that that something was up and be okay with trying to change and trying to stop. And for me, I didn't, I knew that obviously something was up when I didn't have my period and none of my clothes fit, but I really was so in denial. I was just like, I'm so healthy. All I, I have my chlorophyll every night and I have, I was eating basically only kale at that point because everything else had been, you know, I did exactly what you did. As soon as things went awry, I just cut out more food. So I was like eating nothing. And, but the real factor for me was my family was so worried about me and really wanted me and treatment and I hadn't heard the word orthorexia and at that time even though it wasn't very long ago when I actually got diagnosed with the eating disorder the that term wasn't in the DSM and it is now which is really great I think because a lot of people who need help in that way now have a diagnosis and so I think that's really important but back then I'd never heard of the word orthorexia and I remember my cousin finding an article and sending it and I very much like you read it and I was like yep 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 but so in denial like no this can't I because I was just clenching so tightly to the identity I had with it you know like much like you I was the healthy girl I was the wellness wonderland I and to leave that seemed so scary to me and so you know now I look at the wellness wonderland as like an umbrella term for holistic wellness like we were talking about and your relationships and your yes your physical body but in so many other areas of your life as well so to define for people orthorexia what would you when you knew that you had it and just now when you've kind of become almost the face of orthorexia recovery and how beautiful it can be and how full and rich your life can be when you get to the other side and helping to make that more mainstream, which I just am so grateful for you being able to do that. What has that been like for you? And when you define orthorexia and you address this a little bit before as when it, I always say it's when it takes over your mind and it but how do you really identify orthorexia for people um yeah or differentiate it from just I love health healthy foods or you know for some people like we're talking can do it and people like us it doesn't really work that way it's so interesting that you ask that question because I think about that all the time and I actually just wrote an article last week about my orthorexia recovery and I was trying to think of a new angle for it because obviously I have written about it a lot in the last year and a half even though it reaches new eyes depending on on where it goes I just really felt like thinking of a new angle because I mean just I I know that there are so many and um, the angle that I came up with was the fact that I feel like I kind of prevented myself from getting as bad as I could have been because 
of my self-awareness, which I then started asking myself, where does that come from and what does that look like? So I can actually share that with people because maybe it can help them too. Um, and I think it was just like in the back of my head knowing that even though everything I was eating was really healthy and when taken alone, it seemed like I, I had the healthiest diet of anyone that I knew. I knew that it, that it just wasn't healthy and I didn't have the energy to live my life the way that I wanted to. And living an active life to me is just as important as eating well. I mean, more important because living an active lifestyle to me is is so much fun and it's therapeutic and so many things that I love involve being outside and running and doing yoga and I just didn't feel like I had the energy for that anymore. And so I was kind of intensely self-aware of the fact that I still had kind of enough energy inside of me to do those things, but I had to force myself a lot. Um, and I knew that I was on the brink of not having that type of energy at all anymore and that I was quickly going to go from someone who was getting really unhealthy to someone who was just full-blown extremely unhealthy. And um, right before I realized that I had orthorexia and realized that I needed and wanted to recover, I went on a vacation with my family and I, since I was living on the East Coast at the time and all my family is on the West Coast, a lot of them, my siblings, hadn't seen me in months. Um, and so when we got to Mexico, I met my family there. Everybody was just like, whoa, yeah. she doesn't look good. My skin was horrible. My skin was like a really weird shade of uh, orangish yellow um, because I just yeah. wasn't – I just didn't look like a healthy person. And I didn't look like myself and I wasn't even really acting like myself. And um, – and I knew that I had gotten to that point and it was like just this crazy self-awareness of not wanting to be that person and deep down knowing even though it was going to be a hard road to recover, it was going to be so much easier than waiting it out and getting worse and worse and worse and then having to recover. So um, it came as kind of a shock to a lot of people when I came forward about it because even people that I was close to and people in my grad school program they only viewed me as this really healthy person who gave them advice on how to be healthier all the time. So they were like, oh, my God, we've been taking advice from you. And, like, you are the healthiest person we know. How could this be? Um, and it was because, I mean, I just did a really good job of hiding it. And also because I caught it before it got as bad as it could have been, um, which I kind of attribute as well to my age because at the time I was 23, and if I had been like 16 when this had happened, which I easily could have been because, I mean, it's definitely been a personality trait of mine for a long time, I for sure would have not had that in me to, to realize that I needed help. And I read books and blogs all the time of girls who are much, much younger dealing with this, and they don't have the tools necessarily or the life experience to know that they're not being healthy or to even really see that as a force of a reason to get better. So, I mean, for me, the really big difference between just being passionate about food and wellness and the position that I was in was that food and my obsessions about food were actually causing a lot of negativity in my life. And um, 
much more negativity than positivity. So I kind of tell people now when they ask me, how do you know the difference? Like people who are worried about their friends or their sisters or their daughters, how do you know the difference between someone who is full-blown orthorexic or just someone who is really passionate about wellness and might be on the edge, but it's not an actual eating disorder yet. I always say, does food and their relationship with food have a negative impact on anything in their life? And usually the answer is yes. I mean, usually the answer when people are wondering in the first place is yes. And then I just say, okay, well, that is that's your answer because food and wellness should not have any sort of negative impact on your life. I mean, yes, it can be hard to be passionate about wellness when the rest of your friends want to go out and drink and eat, you know, burgers late at night, whatever it might be. Um, that can be hard, but it's not negative. If, if it's bothering you in a negative kind of way, then it's probably something that you should consider getting help for. So that's what I think the big difference is. I'd be interested to hear what what you think the difference is. No, I think that's a really perfect distinction. I And I, I usually go back to what you were kind of mentioning at the beginning of how much space in your mind it occupies. You know, if it's taking you away from your life, usually that's when that's the distinction that I make. You know, if it's taking you away from living your life to the fullest, then that means that there's probably a problem. And I think that the the thing that you shared there that I relate to a lot is and what the most brave part of your story is when you were identifying as this healthy person and then you were brave enough to pivot and be like, actually, guys, things aren't so great and this is actually what's going on and having to go through, to me, that part was I felt embarrassed, I felt ashamed, I was like, I just felt I wanted people to think it was effortless and easy and this is just how I am. And and that was when you shared that about your family, it's like the people who knew us before we started down that path, they thought it was strange and they knew that something was up. But the people who met us while we were in it or after, they just thought, oh, that's just how she is. She's fine. That Her skin just looks that weird yellow, you know, And because I totally right, had exactly. that too. And like she just is naturally that thin. Like, But the people who knew us before were concerned and, and to have to, you know, kind of go back to them and be like, whoops, yep, you guys are right. Whoops. Like that was – that was – I'll speak for myself. Like that was the most challenging part of it for me is that that going through that and being like, actually, you're right, you know, and actually because I was yeah. in denial for so long of like, no, I, I love my smoothie and, you know, whatever. And to just be like, actually, guys, like I'm, I'm in the wrong here. You know, I need to make a change. And that was Definitely. challenging. Yeah, I can relate to that too. I mean, there were a lot of people when I first started living the vegan lifestyle and eating that way, because um, I was in college at the time, and there were a lot of people who I knew who were kind of like, oh, this is just a phase. Yeah. She's not going to stick with this. And I mean, I had no intentions of it being a phase. So, I mean, having to then come forward and, mm-hmm. and say that I wasn't doing that anymore. It was definitely a little hard in that sense because, I mean, I wanted to prove that it wasn't just a phase. It wasn't just this, like, quick little obsession thing that happened. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't. It was, like, a, a several years process. And I think people are just allowed to change and evolve. And I think that kind of does showcase what 
what I gained from the whole experience and how much I did grow up. Maybe it was also just the fact that a few years had passed in the meantime, but I just didn't really care. I knew that there were going to be people who said, like, I called it from the beginning that she wasn't going to stay this way. But I really didn't care because I felt like I have been through so much and I'm allowed to change and evolve just like I felt that was my response to the vegan community who was upset with my decision. Like, I'm sorry that you're upset, but anybody's allowed to change and try to feel their best. And I did it for as long as it worked for me. And then I did it for even longer because I felt like I should. And now I'm done. So just like anyone else is allowed to make those decisions, we are too. And I think... I mean, because it was my business and my personal life, the whole vegan thing, my family and my close friends, they didn't say a whole lot. So, I mean, it was a little different from your experience because although they definitely noticed and they would think about it and they would encourage me to incorporate more foods, they also had to tread very lightly because they just felt like maybe they didn't understand because I am different from them in so many ways. And it's like, all right, if she's happy, if she says she's happy, we're just going to roll with it. So when I finally said, okay, I'm actually not, it was pretty surprising to a lot of the people around me. Yeah. And that's, I love what you said there. Like we are allowed to change, you know, who knows what we'll be talking about five years from today, you know, like I'm sure that I I feel like that's just what happens in our twenties. Like we, constantly grow and change and it's just like the second adolescence where I you know I'm 25 and I'm completely different than who I was a year ago or two years ago or three like I'm constantly changing so I think to just not it's something that I learned from this whole experience for myself to never hold anyone else to any standards because I wouldn't want them to hold me to any old standards either yeah absolutely I love that you're 25 because I am too (laughs) amazing of course of course when's your birthday April 30th. Oh, so you're about to be 26. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I guess I am. When's yours? Exciting. October 11th. Oh, man. Okay. I'll let you know how 26 feels. Yes, please do. <laughs> I'll be eager to know. <laughs> so you're, another thing that, that you touched on a, a bit and I, what I was saying before, which is, which is so – and people tell you this, I'm sure, all the time, that you're so brave to have gone through everything you went through and then have to do it so publicly and then open yourself up for this commentary from it from the vegan community and this bullying that you did got online what advice do you have for someone going through something similar not necessarily the same situation but maybe they're making a decision to share something vulnerable with even just a friend or something true that they're worried that about the reaction maybe or maybe the reaction will be mixed from others what really helped you get through that time? What did you lean on? Did you have people in your life or how did you get through that and and still getting through that because it's something that you are still getting even now with being your authentic real self? How do you stay grounded in that and what did you really turn to to help yourself through that time and now even? I like that question a lot because that's that's definitely had have been a really it just played a huge role in my life, kind of learning how to deal with negativity and with people who don't agree with you and even being attacked on the internet and having hate videos made about you. I mean, most people won't probably experience that, which is definitely good. But I mean, even having someone that you know say something negative about you can be really painful. So what I've learned 
and really tried to practice in my life every day is that often, almost always, when someone has something negative to say about you or to you, it's coming from a place of their own insecurity and their own unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And it's a direct reflection of that, not of you. So especially when it's coming from people who don't understand your lifestyle or they don't agree with it, it's coming directly from a place where they feel threatened because maybe they maybe they see that you are happy with the decisions that you're making and, and that affects them in some way. So, I mean, starting to view things this way has really shaped the way that I am in my life in so many ways. I mean, I just have become a much more thick-skinned person, which is really great because, of course, in and out of real life and the internet, I mean, there's always going to be people who say things that aren't super positive. So just to develop that and just know, like, I'm really confident in the choices that I've made. I made them for a reason. I'm really clear on what they are because I've spent a lot of time reflecting on why I made those decisions and how I did. And I mean, I I had to defend my decisions from the very moment that I came forward about my eating disorder. So, um, so to just really reflect and know and be really confident in the choices that people do make I think that's important so taking time to yourself to really reflect or do something that calms you and brings you back down to earth like for me yoga is a really great time to reflect on things and to meditate and it can be really hard to pull yourself out of a stressful situation or anything else so to just make that time for yourself so that you know you're confident in your decisions it doesn't matter if other people aren't um it just really doesn't and also just being really open with people. So I'm sure that you had a similar experience, but I was not open at all about the concerns that I was having when I was in the middle of my eating disorder. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't even admit it to myself. So now being able to just be really, really radically honest and open with not only the people in my life, but also, I mean, people on my blog has just been such a more authentic way to live and makes me so much happier because I don't feel like there's anything I have to hide. And I, I'm just... I'm honest about everything. I mean, I have nothing to lose and no reason not to be. And I like living that way so much better. And I think, I mean, yes, I'm honest to the point where a lot of people are like, wow, I can't believe you just shared that on the internet. But I'm not advocating that everybody do that. I just think that it's really important to at least be really, really honest and open with those who are closest to you. And if you don't feel like those people are going to understand or be supportive, then that's something to think about too. Because in this whole process, I I have kind of honed in on the tight-knit group that I keep around me and just made sure that everybody who I give my energy to gives me positive energy in return and supports me unconditionally just like I do with them. So, I mean, life is really too short to surround yourself with people who aren't going to support you. So if you're honest and they don't support you, maybe they're not meant to be in your life right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's so many other people out there who are meant to be in your life. And when you're putting good energy out to the universe and being your true authentic self, you'll connect with those people it's inevitable so yeah that's kind of those are yeah a few things that help me yeah and it's so true and and the internet's such a great tool for that like if one community falls away another one will grow and that's what's happened to us and it's it's so beautiful and I think you know 
this is so great that I asked this question to you because I'm, I'm about to go through my book launch right now and really even putting yes. myself out there in a more vulnerable place than I even have been on my blog because there's stuff in the book that has never been on the blog. And it's really nice when the insides can match what's what's on the outside and you you there's nothing to hide it's all out there it's it's really liberating and like I was saying before it's really cathartic but there also is a lot of fear there you know like I have some butterflies when I think about it being out in the world and people's reaction to it and as you know you know in promoting it you have to ask for a lot of help and it's something that you know is a really vulnerable thing to do so I think just knowing that the right people will find it and the people who don't like it will fall away and it'll all be fine. And just focusing on, you know, with whatever transition you're going through in your life or whatever's happening, honesty is honestly the most liberating thing. Honesty and authenticity are. Absolutely. Yeah. They're huge. Huge. How did body image play into everything that you went through? I know that for me, I used veganism and health in general, really, as an excuse to diet or manipulate my body's size and shape since, you know, dieting to me was so uncool. But, you know, veganism and a healthy lifestyle, like we were saying before, is so trendy. So it was really an excuse for me to restrict. And did body image play into anything that you went through? And where kind of are you with that now? Yeah, it definitely played a really big role for me because because for me, being as tiny as possible on the outside it was kind of a direct reflection of what I was feeling on the inside, which was empty because I only ate vegetables <laughs> and fruits. Um, and I was very proud of myself. I felt like I had just the utmost superhuman willpower. And it was something that I used to control a lot of different things in my life. So I loved to be able to express that on the outside because I felt like, this is great. Everyone can see how healthy I am and I get compliments all the time. (laughs) And, um, it was definitely like a huge part of the addiction for me because, um, I did get really small and I also, I felt like if I ate like one extra bite of broccoli that I gained like 20 pounds because Mm -hmm. I had some serious dysmorphia issues going on. Um, and I truly believed that. And recently, I was looking back through some older pictures for a different reason and on my Instagram and remembered thinking in like every single instance. And I was, I, this was at my very tiniest weight. Um, every single time I remember thinking when the picture was taken that I thought I was going to look huge because I had just eaten or, I mean, I just felt that way for some reason every time. And it's like so sad and ridiculous looking back that I felt that way every single time when it just wasn't true and it's like crazy to think that that was just at the forefront of my mind all the time um it definitely wasn't as big of didn't play as big of a role in my orthorexia as I know that weight does with anorexia but um it was a huge part of it because for me it was more of like a reflection of how healthy and pure I was on the inside Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to at least bring up because it is very intertwined. You know, I, I had anorexia with a lot of orthorexic tendencies and I think it sounds like kind of what you had. And I think what a lot of people have, they're very 
intertwined, I think, in a lot of different ways because I think that those body image issues come up for, for most women in general. It's just our society because it favors, you know, one body shape to be the ideal because that's what we see in the media and over and over again and what we see now on social media over and over again is this idealized body shape when the reality is that body diversity exists and thank god it does but I think we you know I had this ideal of myself once I achieved that weight and it wasn't where my body wanted to be and just shifting out of that having been there was another one of those hurdles that we talked about and a challenge that makes us better in the end (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That was a really good question. So somebody asked in the Facebook group a really great question to ask you, and so I'm going to just read it, what she said. She said, I would love to know how Jordan gets away from being the healthy one, in quotes, all the time. I have friends and family members who still send me recipes that are gluten-free, low-sugar, blah, 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 brownies, and I'm like, I just want to make a real brownie and try that. How do you break away from people – who send you these messages constantly identifying you in your old ways and not letting it be triggering to you? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, one thing I will say is that time definitely heals with when it comes to that because in the beginning, yeah, people would send me vegan recipes and we should try this and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be like, I'm not vegan anymore. Duh. Like I'm trying to recover from my mm-hmm. eating disorder. Um, but now, I mean, I, I, I actually find it like kind of flattering and nice when people send me that stuff because they know that it's still an interest of mine. And I like when people understand that you can still be passionate about wellness and healthy recipes, even in eating disorder recovery and afterwards. So I actually find it the flip side offensive when people think that I've changed the way that I like to cook and eat and everything just because I did have an eating disorder because wellness is always going to be a part of my life. And for me, it's just about finding balance in between the two. So, I mean, I like to make that stuff. I like to make like the whatever it might be, gluten-free, sugar-free brownies because I like to try them and it's kind of fun for me. But, I mean, I also will eat just a regular old brownie and just kind of – getting the people in your life used to that, used to the fact that you will pick and choose. You can do whatever you want at any time is really helpful, I think, because now now that it's been almost two years, my friends and my family have seen me do it all. They've seen me still gravitate toward the healthier things on the menu because that's kind of how I've always been, even when a long time ago before any of this became a problem. But I'll also surprise them every so often and order something totally not traditionally healthy whatsoever and I'll eat the whole thing and at first I mean it was it would drive me crazy because people would just be like oh my god like Jordan's eating meat how does it feel we should take a picture of this it's a huge deal and I was like please leave me alone Mm -hmm. this is not what I need right now I actually don't want anyone paying any extra attention to anything that I eat or don't eat um and maybe that's what it is maybe you should just say to your friends like this is great thank you so much I'm so glad that this made made you think of me but at this time I'm just gonna do my own thing like I've I'm not going to be trying a bunch of new recipes right now. I'm 
going through something and I actually am not going to be cooking as much in general or something like that. And I would say that all the time because mm-hmm. um, I really did have to stay out of the kitchen just for my own personal sanity because I spent so many hours a day in the kitchen when I was orthorexic. Um, so people will be really supportive. But I say if people continue to send you those recipes, just take it with a grain of salt and just yeah. just think like, that's cute. That's nice that they are exactly. showing an interest. They definitely just don't understand everything that you're going through yeah. depending on how much you've talked to them about it. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Take it as flattery that they see you and they know you and it might be a couple months past from who you are now or in the in the past from who you are now because we like we were saying change so quickly but it is just them trying to connect with you and you know I totally relate to what you're saying about it's jarring for people when you're drastically changing what you're eating in front of them and so I know I was like nervous about you know the reactions to that but you just have to stay in integrity with everything we've talking every the theme of this conversation is just honesty I think Absolutely. So, okay, where would you like to see holistic wellness and health in, say, 10 years? Hmm. I mean, I would love, love, love to see the continued gravitation toward balance. And I was having this conversation with my friend last night who went to vegetarian cooking school and came out of vegetarian cooking school as a meat eater, although she was vegetarian before she started Mm -hmm. because she said a lot of her teachers who were teaching um, the vegetarian cooking way of life actually ate a very balanced diet in all different sorts of things with, with no label um, because I think a lot of a lot of times we start with one thing and then we get we learn to listen to our bodies over time and then we realize the healthiest way to be is to just have no restrictions and then you can actually have the choice to have whatever you want I mean days where you're a vegetarian days where you're vegan days where you're not days where you don't even think about it and that's great Um, And I would love, love to see that over the course of the next decade um, because I think that the more of us out there that are advocating listening to our bodies, the more other people will do it. And that could mean anything. That could mean being vegan. And and I'm always going to be supportive of people who choose that, who are listening to their bodies, not of people who choose it and judge others because they're not. So also just a lot less judgment and a lot more understanding about the fact that anybody who's choosing to live in any particular way is just trying to feel their best and to me that's what it's all about yeah I love that I love that reality for the future and I think just dropping the labels and realizing like it's and I know you realize this too like once you get past this it's like so not about the food you know like it's not about the food it's not about the diet or the any of it it's about your life as a whole and the food stuff starts to matter less when you make your life really beautiful so absolutely that's where the focus should be okay so now let's do some fun quick fire questions are you ready for them yes okay favorite color lime green favorite yoga pose um I have a couple I love triangle pose because it's a heart opener that feels so good nice Favorite day of the week? I love Mondays. I'm crazy, but I love Mondays. Nice. It means you love what you do. Yeah, exactly. Favorite hour of the day? 
I like first thing in the morning, probably like 7 or 8 a.m. because I always wake up so excited to do whatever I'm doing that day with lots of energy and then it kind of dwindles throughout the day. Mm, Nice. Favorite veggie? Broccoli and sweet potatoes. Favorite fruit? Bananas. Can you walk us through your morning routine? Maybe the first few things you do when you get up in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes. Yes. Well, I actually do things pretty differently every morning. I try ideally to wake up and before I look at my phone or check my texts or my emails, I actually try to come out to the kitchen, have some warm water with lemon and do either some stretching or just a couple minutes of meditation to get into a really calm headspace before I start the day. That's ideal. I don't do that every day. I wish I did, and I try to, um, especially because my doctor recently told me I really need to be doing that because I have I have some really high stress levels, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. That's from a lot of work. Um, but, yeah, I do that, and that actually, when I do that, really does color the rest of my day and keeps me very calm and feeling good. And then I make bulletproof coffee every morning. Um, it keeps me feeling alert and keeps my metabolism and my digestion running really smoothly, which is really important after eating disorder recovery, just taking care of your body and prioritizing how you feel. So I love that bulletproof coffee in the morning. I still haven't tried bulletproof coffee. I really need to. Oh my god, you have to! I'm not. A, I've never been a coffee drinker though. So, but I'm excited to try it because I feel yeah. like it sounds really good to me, even though I'm not a coffee drinker. It's so good. Well, yeah, I actually was never a coffee drinker either. I started oh, drinking coffee last year, and now I love it like okay. so much. <laughs> so okay. maybe you should try it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I'm excited. What about at the end of the day? What are maybe some of the last few things you do before you go to sleep or some things you do to wind down and shut down at the end of the day? At the end of the day, I love to read. I love, love, love to read a good book and just get in my bed and turn my phone off, put it on silent and read a really good book or even like watch a really good TV show. I don't watch that much TV, but I mean, it also does relax me because it's just like one of those activities. Um, Story time. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm always on the phone with people too. So I usually am on the phone with somebody that I care about, like a friend in a different city or something like that um, every night before I go to bed, which is nice. And then I have my me time after that. Nice. So you recently, I wanted to ask you about this earlier and I forgot, but you recently ran a marathon. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, That's it was awesome. Such a huge compliment or a compliment and I meant accomplishment it came out compliment but yes um, it was so fun that's I'm so proud of you that's so amazing so how have you balanced your relationship with exercise through all of this and still challenging yourself and doing things that really make you feel amazing and great with also you know knowing your past with being so dogmatic about things Um, well, yes, I don't think I would have embarked on this marathon experience alone because I don't know if I would have trusted myself just yet to not go overboard or extreme with the training process, but I joined the team with a couple really good friends of mine and my, someone that I know and am friends with was the coach of our team. So 
I was on um, a Nutribullet team. There were a hundred of us training for the marathon for seven months. So the fact that there was a really supportive group and we had five different coaches, like 20 different mentors, people who have done this so many times was really helpful to me. And my coach, the one who convinced me to sign up was really supportive and kind of the whole time was telling me, you will reach a point because of your personality where you're going to try to take this really far and don't do it. Don't hurt yourself. Don't even put yourself there. Like that's not what you're doing this for. You're doing it to feel good and to chase after that goal and to run a marathon. You're not doing this to take it too far and get hurt. So that was really a big part of it for me. And then also um, it was really good for my relationship with food because as much as I preach listening to your body and fueling yourself for your activities. I mean, it can be hard sometimes when you're, when you're recovering from an eating disorder to always practice what you preach. And, um, this really helped me because when you're running 20 miles on the weekend, you've got to fuel correctly. Um, and I mean, even just going on like six mile runs during the week, you still, you have to fuel properly. You have to get a really good balance of protein and healthy fats and even supplements and get a lot of really good sleep. So for me, this was just really, it just enhanced the, the journey that I'm already on to take care of my body mm. and to feel as good as I possibly can. That's so cool. It really amped up your self-care. Yeah, it was amazing. Very cool. What is the best thing you've eaten in the last week or the last month, best meal that stands out? Ooh. Oh, well, last night I went to this amazing dinner at a restaurant in L.A. called Estrella, and it was hosted by Infatuation, the company um, restaurant review app, and you, most of the people listening might even recognize them from their Instagram account. They have a huge Instagram yeah. account, and they have incredible restaurant reviews in lots of major cities and they hosted this really fun event last night with American Express and we had like a how many course oh my gosh probably like a 12 course tasting menu for dinner and everything was so good we had um this duck egg that came in like a miniature mason jar with mashed potatoes and artichoke and truffle oil it was like the best tasting thing ever we had short rib that was so good and I was telling everybody at the table that well not everybody but this somehow came up I was just started to say many years ago a few years ago I would have never touched any of this um and it's just kind of crazy to see how far I've come and that I can do something like that now I have moments like that all the time where I'll jump in kind of as my thinking about what my old self would have thought of the way that I'm eating now or the way that I'm being now and just being it makes me really proud like wow I would have flipped out over this or they would have I would have thought bad food combination and this and that and like I would have had so much inner dialogue to say over and just really proud of myself that I don't have that anymore and it's just lifted and it's just a moment of pride over that I love that yeah no it's so cool to see how yeah. far we've come and it's like really just good to bring comedy to it I think you know like someday you and I can just like have conversations about the like crazy shit we used to do and just laugh about it you know I think I think it's all really heavy and it's all really serious in a way but I think it's also can be pretty funny to be like wow, we were so, I didn't have to be like that. I didn't have to think that way. And I think that kind of helps us move past it, or it has for me. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Completely. So if you could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be? Ooh, I would probably want to travel in time because there's so many different things. Not that I would change, but I would love to be a fly on the wall with things that I remember from like 20 years ago. I would love to just be able to travel back in time and just be there and see that kind of thing and also travel to my future and see what's going on. Cool. Very cool. So you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people. What would you make? Who would you invite? And what do you hope someone turns and asks you at the party? And what do you hope someone doesn't ask you? You're just so done talking about. Oh, my God. That's such a good question. Well, what would I make? To be completely honest, which is not very good wellness blogger of me, I would probably get it catered because I don't (laughs) trust my cooking for groups. I have, like, a really particular taste of my own, and I – I like to eat really plain foods. So when I cook for other people, I always worry that they're not going to like it very much unless it's like breakfast foods, then I'm cool. But um, so I would definitely get it catered probably by a place in LA, either Cafe Gratitude or M Cafe, mm. two of my favorite places. Um, we would definitely have some wine and some cocktails that I could handle. I would be able to, to pour those on my own mm. without getting those catered too. Um And then, God, I'm torn between wanting to invite all of my best friends that live in different cities because when we all get to be together, it's just the best thing ever and it doesn't happen that often because of living all over the place or wanting to invite a bunch of people who I idolize who are either in the wellness community or are celebrities because I love that. Um... I would probably have to invite Ryan Gosling. I'm obsessed with him, and I think that he would bring a lot of great conversation to the table. Totally. And then I would have to invite a couple of my best friends because they would want to meet him too, and we would have we we could tell him some stories that he would probably like. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? God, that's. I want to come if you need an invitation. I was going to say you definitely are invited great. because amazing. You put this in my mind, and now I want it to happen. Um, yeah, that would probably be it. And maybe like my mom, cause everything's more fun when she's there. She's my totally. bestie. Aw. So what do you hope someone turns and asks you at your dinner party? And what do you really not want to talk about anymore? You're done with. Oh, wow. I would hope that Ryan Gosling would turn to me and say, I loved your book so much, Jordan. Would you mind if I made a movie about it? Yes. Now- freaking awesome that would be yes. number one and then what would I hope I would hope that someone doesn't say um I'm vegan and I'm really offended by your entire lifestyle because <laughs> that happens to me a lot oh man yeah that person won't be allowed they'll be kicked out of the dinner party yeah we will just escort them out <laughs> we'll have bodyguards yes so Good plan. You're trapped on a deserted island, and you can bring with you one TV show to binge watch, one book, one movie, one food. Go. Um. Okay. Um. One TV show. Well, I mean, I've already watched the whole thing, but it is one of my very favorites, so I should probably just say it, Breaking Bad, because I would probably rewatch the entire series. I love it. Nice. Um. And I love Orange is the New Black. And wait, repeat the other ones. Book, movie, and food. 
book. Well, I'm in the middle of reading a really good memoir right now by Brittany Bergender. She she also had an eating disorder, and she, at her lowest, was 56 pounds, and at her highest was 221 pounds, and the book is a compilation of journal entries over, like, an eight-year period. Wow. Um, and I'm in the middle of it, so I would bring it because I am reading it as often as I can right now, which is, like, late at night before I go to bed. Um, that I would bring. I would also bring some poetry. I love reading poetry. Um, and food, did you say? Yep, food and movie. Oh, okay. Food. I would have to bring something that I wouldn't get sick of. Yeah. Um, God, that's hard. What would I bring? Well, right now I'm completely addicted to cookie dough quest bars. I eat one a day at least. Um, I love them. I would maybe bring that because it would keep me full because of all the protein in it. Um, I would have to bring a couple different things. I would get bored. Um, And then movie. Remember the Titans is my all-time favorite movie. Nice. Oh, that's such a classic. I haven't thought about that movie in so long. So good. It would keep you motivated and, like, okay on the island. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a big movie person, so when I find one I love, it's I watch it a lot. Yeah, I rather – if I'm going to, like, devote the amount of time it takes to watch a movie, I'd rather watch one that I've seen and I know I like than, like, invest time, like, taking a gamble at a new one. I know. I completely, completely agree. Although I will say when I watched the Oscars the other night and realized that I hadn't seen a single movie that was nominated, I need to start seeing more movies because I probably would have liked a lot of those. Now I know. That I was thinking the same thing. I want to go to the movies more. I can't remember the last time I like went to a movie. Um. All right. So what is next for you? What are you most excited about in your life today? What's coming up for you? Where are you wanting to focus your intention and your energy? Hmm. I mean, right now, what I'm really loving, since my book came out in November, um, and I worked on that so hard for the years leading up to it, um, a year and a half, rather, I've been loving, loving, loving focusing on my blog and creating content for the blog and getting to post more often, post about things that just pop into my head at any given moment, Um, taking really fun photos and videos for the blog. YouTube is definitely on my mind and trying to put out more videos because I love connecting with people in in that way. I think it's really personal and really fun. And those are my big things right now. I mean, I'm really, really happy focusing on those and giving them the time and attention that they need. And my clothing line, of course, TVV Apparel, we're doing like a whole rebrand right now. And it's been really exciting to see where that's going to go. So those are the things that kind of have the most of my energy right now. Cool. Yay. I'm excited. You should start making vlogs. You'd be amazing. Yes. Well, I can't wait. I'm releasing my first vlog like seriously as long as as long as Morgan my videographer edits it in time hopefully Morgan will listen to this and it will have been edited by then yay cool yeah well by the time people are listening to this that will be out so we'll link well yeah let's hope so so yeah everybody can watch it cool well thank you so much for coming on the podcast final question that I ask everyone As you know, the name of this podcast and my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Jordan, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? 
I love that term. I think that's where everybody should live. It's just something that makes me happy because I think that everybody should find their own version of wellness and live there all the time. So no worries, no no stress, no judgment, just people listening to their bodies and doing what they love, feeling great. I love that. I think the key is that it's individual and it's different for everyone and we all define it. So Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think you're awesome and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for having me. So fun to talk to you. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.